Coming up, are you looking for simple tactics that will help your app become more shareable? Well, today's guest shares how adding encouragement in the app led to more shares on Instagram, how to use machine learning to grow app store reviews, which actually lead to more downloads, and finally, how to learn good design even if you suck at it. All that and so much more. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. B7Dev.com is the app development firm dedicated to helping entrepreneurs go from app idea to success because they understand startups and don't charge you huge fees just to get your app off the ground. Learn more at B7Dev.com. If you want to target the youngsters, then you have to be on Snapchat. And if you want to use Snapchat influencers to drive massive downloads for your app, then you have to check out fanbytes.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com. You know, the place you go when you want action-packed content related to the app business because I've done a very good job of surrounding myself and talking to people a way lot smarter than I am. And today I've got a phenomenal guest all the way from Berlin, Germany. He, his name is Jean, Jean-Luca Segato. He is the founder of Uniware. John, welcome to the show. Hey, hi. Sorry, I called you John. Do you mind? If I, I should have no, done that. absolutely. John Luca. <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually right. The okay. right one. People usually call me John. So oh, really? it's okay. Okay, good. Yeah, good, absolutely, good. man. <laughs> All right, John Luca. So let me tell us a little bit about Uniware. And I want to also tee up the audience. Like, John Luca didn't feel like he wanted to be an entrepreneur, but he's gone to raise over $500,000 in investment. But we're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we do, I want to talk, I want to learn a little bit about Uniware. So tell us a little bit about the app. Yeah, sure. I mean, Unware is an app that uh, basically lets students uh, manage their university career from the smartphone so they can get access to the, all their academic data from grades to tests. They need to pass all this kind of stuff. And based on that data, we give them insights about the career that they can take and how they can learn more in order to achieve their goals. So it's basically a career management platform for university students. And can I tell you, like, as my interest changed, because John Luca, I came into my university and I was like, I want to be a chemist, right? Like, because I killed it yeah. in high school chemistry, right? It's so easy. Yeah. But then when I got to the university, I was like, holy ish, this is a lot harder. I went from like <laughs> A plus to like a C, like barely making it in the university. And so obviously yeah. my, my goals changed and I focused more on the business side. Changed yeah. my major to business and then minored in computer science. So as my interests change, how do I tell the app that? Uh, well, basically, we try to infer your interests uh, based on two things. A, your academic background in terms of classes. So we don't take a look at uh, just uh, what you're graduating at, but uh, the whole set of classes you're attending. And this, is, it has, this th- tells a lot about you. And secondly, uh, we developed a platform that basically lets you navigate through different career paths and we record every single navigation and every single browsing session. And given that, we can infer a lot about your interests. Sorry, you want to add any more? Or? 
Uh, I mean, mm, we don't actually focus a lot um, on interests per se, okay. but more on the fact that um, students nowadays don't really know what they can do uh, in their future, professionally speaking, yeah. because there's this kind of disconnection between the labor market and the academic world. So when you join university, you are like, yeah, I like chemistry, right? But uh, then you don't really know which kind of jobs there are out there that are, um, you know, focused on chemistry. So we try to give you the ability to understand which kind of career paths there are out there that matches on one side, that match your interest, but mostly that are available, that the market is actually demanding them. Uh, that is the whole point about, you know, getting into the labor market. So it's a good mixture between the um, interests of the students and the needs of companies. The... Are you tapped into the universities? So like, you know, which courses I'm taking? Do I just, I know in your website, I know that I just have to enter in with you, my university account and then you take care of everything else? Correct. That's correct. We That's are amazing. Yeah, we are integrating with the, uh, so far around 100 uh, different university systems. Mm -hmm. uh, so th the system is actually working at scale and you just log in with the, your university credentials and then you're in and uh, you have access to all the data or the stuff you need. And this is pretty powerful in terms of acquisition because we just um, tell students, look, you just log in and uh, we're going to show you that uh, there's value in this app. And, and then they do. I mean, they just log in and the haha moment is usually just after the, the registration, basically. Do you tell me what other classes I might be interested on based on like how I've, how well I've done in past courses. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We do. We do. How'd you get started with this? Like, did you start with one university in mind? How did you come up with this idea? And then how did you go about validating it? I know I asked you a bunch of questions there, but so take it wherever yeah. you want it. <laughs> okay. Uh, basically it all started when I was still at university. Actually it was my freshman year. So, uh, I was like, uh, 19 or something back then. And, uh, um, it was pretty simple. I mean, uh, university systems uh, websites are so 90-ish and pretty uh, unusable from a UX point of view. And I was like, I need to access all my data from my smartphone. I need that. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was no solution out there anywhere. Uh, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to build it myself. Um, I studied economics, but I coded since I was 12. So it was kind of, you know, a nice... Uh, project side project uh, during university for me uh, I spent like six months trying to build an MVP that actually skyrocketed in terms of tractions more than I expected and then I started this long journey you know of uh, accepting that uh, this could be a major opportunity for me when it was that well basically uh, after I released this MVP uh, on, on the Play Store, uh, because back then it was only for Android, um, people started to talk about it. Uh, people started to refer the app to other people using Facebook groups and WhatsApp groups. Basically, I learned that uh, afterwards because I didn't have any kind of knowledge about that before. Um, I, I learned this uh, when a journalist uh, approached me on Facebook uh, saying, you know, I, I learned that there's this uh, awesome app <clears throat> that everybody is talking about. Uh, would you like to be interviewed about that? Wow. And I was like, wait, wait, what? 
what's happening. And I was unaware of that. So that was the day I actually, you know, uh, said to myself, maybe this is worth a shot. Uh, I then, you know, asked a couple of friends to join me on board. Uh, they accepted. Uh, so the, the whole project started in this, you know, pretty unusual way. That's amazing, man. And then how did you tap in at the very start? Did you, were you able to tap into your university stuff or was it just like input manually input your grades, manually input your no. course? No, it was since the beginning, the, the core thing was about, uh, you know, giving you the ability to access everything uh, without any kind of manual input. I mean, uh, back then there was uh, uh, a couple of, there were a couple of apps that let you input manually the grades, the classes, you know, homeworks, this kind of stuff. But it was so clumsy from my point of view. I was like, I need everything, you know, with the, the greatest user experience ever. So um, that was the, the core point since the beginning. And after I released uh, the app, uh, you know, with this core feature in it, I let a couple of friends know about it, a couple of my classmates, and that was it because I needed to pass my classes. You know, this this was a side <laughs> this was a side project. Right. <laughs> so I was like, you know, guys, I, I I made this app. If you want, check it out, and that was it. Uh, and after a couple of weeks, uh, there was more than uh, I think one thousand downloads. Uh, so, so I was like, okay, maybe maybe there's something going on here. How did you tap into the university stuff like that that account? access to that uh that was pretty difficult uh, uh technically speaking because uh, there are a series of you know laws that you have to take into account in terms of privacy and all this kind of stuff so um at first i developed a very small mvp it was not actually an mvp it was a poc a proof of concept technically speaking uh that scraped web pages um and it proved to work and then I imported that uh, into uh, an Android client that was able to do something very similar. So still kind of scraping, but keeping into account, you know, the privacy of the users. We didn't have any kind of visibility. We ha we haven't have we haven't any kind of visibility um, over user credentials, you know, because there are some privacy concerns. So it was not easy, but uh, it was a major, you know, point of in terms of product and user experience. So I, I needed to take it, uh, you know, home, if you know so, what I mean. Yeah, you were able to scrape grades from these websites too. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. Amazing. Exactly. 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 So and then now I'm assuming you're completely tapped into the university like system, and there's no more scraping involved, right? No, I mean, it's, it's working. It's working. We have <laughs> okay. partnerships. We have partnerships with universities, not yeah. all of them, mm -hmm. uh, because otherwise it's impossible to scale. Mm -hmm. If you have to talk with, you know, big institutions, it's, it's impossible to scale fast as much as, you know, startups need to. But at the same time, universities love what we are doing because basically we are solving a problem for them for free. So they are actually, you know, contacting us now uh, to, to let us, you know, integrate their systems. So it's, you know, it's a model that uh, at first uh, was kind of, you know, very, uh, I, I wouldn't say, uh, I don't know what's, what's the right word to identify what was the product when we started, uh, but it worked. It worked. It worked That's pretty brilliant. neatly as a I strategy. 
I love it. You you just kind of have to figure it away. I remember back in the day, scraping a bunch of different websites, just get email addresses. In the early days of the podcast, back yeah. in like 2013, I would scrape Google Play for all the email addresses and I would email them when I had like a big guest on like the co-founder Shazam. I was like, hey, I don't want anything. Just go check out this interview. And that's how I was, you Absolutely. know, like- Absolutely. I mean, this is this is a major strategy yeah. for me as as you know a growth. Right now, I'm basically responsible in in the in, in my company of growth. Right. You know, and uh, in terms of growth, it's a major tactical point for me. You know, being able to find ways that are not always you know super conventional, like scraping stuff. Uh, we we actually I developed during my <laughs> spare time uh, um, an automatic uh, engagement. Uh, uh, you know, tool for Instagram and uh, with a, a very, um, a very thick machine learning layer. Uh, I did that as a, you know, a very, just a project, but in the end it worked out pretty well in order to identify Instagram influencers and uh, Instagram, uh, you know, communities to tap into. So, you know, when, when you have to find unconventional ways uh, and you have, no money to pay, you know, for big agencies or, or, or something, you know, sometimes code is actually what, what everything you need, to, you know, yeah. I love it. Hey, so Gianluca, I, there's a couple of other questions I want to ask you, like quickly, like how many colleges, where are the colleges? Are they mainly in Europe, US, where are they? Um, right now they're mainly in continental Europe. Okay. Uh, we are planning to expand uh, um, to Anglo-Saxon countries like the U.S. or the U.K. But uh, you know, the the education system in these countries, like yours in the U.S. and the U.K. too, are a little bit different than continental Europe. So we are, you know, in the phase where um, we are trying to understand what is the best value proposition for American students before we actually spend effort, you know, trying to get into that. And then the, I think your design aesthetic is beautiful, right? Like I'm not a designer, but I know when I'm like, this is beautifully designed. Yeah. Right? And so I could see we, that. And I just copy, like that's how my design aesthetic comes from. Yeah. Like, that's great. <laughs> I'm going to steal this font. I'm going to steal this color combination. And I just copy. Where does that come from as a developer? Because most developers, man, I think they yeah. just suck at design. Yeah, I, I totally see your point, and I'm glad about this question because this is a major strategy point for us. Uh, you know, aesthetic, beauty, design. Because what we observed is that uh, when you are just, you know, an underdog, people treat you like an underdog. You know, uh, so there are the big guys in the, you know, serious leagues like WhatsApp and Facebook and all these kind of guys, and then there are the underdogs. But we discovered that, uh, you know, with a great logo, with a great design, color palette, font, uh, you know, a wholesome design system, you can, you know, trick users uh, into, you know, <laughs> making them believe you are a big guy, right. even though you are, you are not. So this is, this is a, a point uh, that, I, you know, I insisted a lot with my co-founders because I believed and I still believe that, you know, branding uh, in terms of, you know, everything uh, I'm not just talking about, you know, big PR stuff and stunts, which, you know, just work out for your ego. No, I'm talking about, you know, the brand as a set of values in terms of design, in terms of, you know, uh, your own unique font. And this is major in terms of growing, uh, growing an app into, you know, a company and uh, into vision. So um, I'm glad about your question because I think this is a major point. That sometimes, as you said, the developers just forget about it. Right. Well, how do you tell, tell me this? Well, I think 
for those who are a developer in the audience and they're like, yeah. you know what? I want to make design a bigger thing. Like, what would you say to them? How would they learn more about design? Uh, this is, you know, a very difficult question to answer to because I actually have, uh, you know, the ability to see a good design and to design good things. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm actually lucky from this point of view. Um, but when I, uh, we basically a few months ago decided to redesign the whole app and uh, I just said, I need to find the right guy. Mm. So um, at some point I um, tried to learn a lot about uh, UI user experience, you know, um, design systems and all this kind of stuff. But at, you reach a point where you actually need the guy who actually can make it because I believe, but I can be wrong. Uh, so um, take not this for granted, but I believe that uh, you just have it or not. And if you haven't just find a guy who had it. Yeah. If you know what you mean. Yes. I love it, man. I mean, for tactically, what I try to do is like, I'm like you, I can see it. And sometimes I can put it together in like presentations. <laughs> but yeah. for me, yeah. I go to like, I find good sites that have designs and like, I literally just copy them and I look yeah, at their absolutely. fonts and I, and you know, as a, as a developer, you can look at their fonts and you can just look at their source and kind of figure this out or go to a site absolutely. like dribble with three B's yeah, exactly. and look up user interfaces or app icons and just kind of figure stuff out and you can figure this it is, out, but I, you is, should hire this somebody. We do. We, we, this is what we do currently mm -hmm. um, for designing, you know, features. So we hired a guy uh, for the whole design system in terms of color palette, font and logo. Uh, but when it, it comes down to, you know, designing the feature, so what is the best user experience pattern you can design? Then of course, we just look at, you know, uh, competitors uh, right. to other cool apps, uh, to Dribbble, to all these kind of websites uh, that features, you know, different designs. And we just copy them because it just works. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good point. I love it, man. All right. Well, Gianluca, I want to take a second to take my first sponsor and then I want to get into how you transitioned from university to entrepreneur and then kind of realizing that. Even, even though you wanted to teach, how you realized that you were an entrepreneur <laughs> and then everything else that we're going to get into, how do you made something from nothing. But first, I want to thank my first sponsor, a longtime sponsor of the podcast, and I'm glad to have them back. They just sponsored sponsored our virtual summit and it was, I loved it. I'm going to do another one. So stay tuned for that if you guys are interested. But it is B7Dev. Look, if you're looking for an app development firm who can help you. So you took our tactics that John Luca and I kind of talked about with design. You're like, okay, this is beautiful. Let's go build it out. Well, B7Dev is the app development company that I use and trust. They're going to help you show some designs, do some initial legwork and say, look, I really like this design. design. Here's how I would like it to be laid out. They can start building now. And they're not going to cost an arm and a leg because in the early days, just like John Luca said, you gotta have to, you have to, you have to be scrappy. You're going to have to figure things out to make yourself look big. So find the right designs and then make it good enough so that you can put your proof of concept out there, your MVP out there, get into users' hands and make sure they're actually using it and then figure out how to scale. And that is what B7Dev is all about. They're helping you indie entrepreneurs, founders with that early version so you can get that MVP out there, learn, and then hopefully raise some money later on. If you don't, or maybe you can just start making money of your own. But I like I said, if you are looking for an app development shop in the early days, then go check them out, b7dev.com. And if you're a bigger company, they can help you scale. If you're looking to just outsource a piece of software, they can help you do that as well. So the website is the letter B, the number seven, dev.com. 
All right, John Luca. So let's get into all right your transition yeah. from university to entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was you know a very painful one, I guess, because um, when I started Uniware as a project, uh, I didn't even know you know what the startup was uh, because I just cared about uh, you know uh, basically coding uh, during spare time because I like that, and uh, I want to be you know. An economics professor. I want. I want to teach at the university, which is, you know, kind of, you know, very unusual. But that was, was you know, very exciting for me back then. Um, then, you know, I launched the project. I launched the project, uh, and as I talked before, you know, uh, it just, you know, went very well in terms of traction. So very strong traction. Uh, but still, you know, um, I wasn't seeing it as a professional opportunity. It was still just, you know, a very nice side project that was giving me a nice, uh, you know, a lot of good emotions, but that was it. Um, but then, you know, uh, basically every single person I was, uh, you know, having around back then, from my friends to my parents to even my professors, basically started telling me, look, this is, this is big. This could, can potentially be big, and you cannot, uh, you know, just uh, waste this opportunity. You need to get into this train. And I was like, but yeah, I, I see that, but I'm not an entrepreneur. And they were like, no, you are. You are. And then I looked back at all, you know, my uh, previous, you know, experiences and projects since I was in high school. And at some point I realized that I um, wasn't seeing myself as an entrepreneur, but I was behaving as such, because I, you know, during my high school, I organized uh, parties and events and, you know, charity fundraising events, all this kind of stuff. So that was entrepreneurial activities. Uh, and uh, during university, on top of Uniware, I, I founded uh, a theater company uh, with funds that uh, were coming from the university itself as grant. So there was, you know, a big bunch of uh, uh, entrepreneurial activities in my past experiences that basically basically were proving that I, I was, you know, an entrepreneur, even though I wasn't seeing myself as such. So in the end, I was like, maybe I should give this, you know, a shot. And after a couple of years, maybe three, since that kind of, you know, decision, I regret nothing. I really feel that uh, uh, this was it, totally. But it was a very painful, um, you know, not really painful, but long process, uh, you know, to, you know, digest this kind of decision. I like that, man. I had it backwards. I thought I was an entrepreneur because I was doing all these side hustles. Yeah. And I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I was like, oh, I am yeah. one. I'm doing all these side hustles. But it wasn't until I realized that, hey, these side hustles are not your full time thing there. You kept them on the side because you were too afraid to fully become an entrepreneur, that that realization that finally led me because I kept hearing people saying that they were afraid, you know, of becoming an I, entrepreneur. I, see, I totally see your point. I mean, this, this is a, you know, a very nice uh, insight. I wouldn't say that I was afraid back then because uh, uh, entrepreneurship was, wasn't even an option, mm -hmm. but if, uh, if actually it were an option for me, probably, I would still have ruled it out, you know, because I was afraid. 
so I, 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 I still feel, I feel you. I feel you totally. Yeah, I like that, man. So I like that journey. I think it goes both ways. Like it's sometimes it yeah. is, unless you start peeling back some of those layers, yeah. you're like, ah, we're just tricking ourselves a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So let's yeah. talk about like, you know, I think you've done a great job of being scrappy, of being able to really do something with nothing. What are some of your favorite tactics? Um, well, basically we try uh, to measure everything. Uh, and this is like, you know, the usual kind of rule that you see everywhere, kind of, you know, lean approach, measure, repeat and blah, 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 which is, I mean, super you know important, but everybody knows that. But if you have no money, how can you actually you know, measure everything? Because you reach a point where you actually need to pay for a lot of, you know, different services out there. I'm not going to name them, but, you know, you know that there are out there services in order to measure attribution, to measure precisely the user flow and to measure referrals and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one of the things that I'm super proud of is the fact that we built all these kind of systems basically from scratch in-house because uh, it's it's even this is a scrappy approach if you if you want because we just uh, rebuilt something that was out there we just peeled out everything that was not necessary and we kept everything that was essential and super needed and we just built it ourselves basically you know saving tons of money because we are still using it right now even though we can actually you know afford it in this moment. But still, we are using the tools that we built uh, months ago and years ago. And uh, I'm, I'm super proud of this approach of, you know, trying to find the way to build tools in-house by yourself. The other, the other thing that I, you know, I'm proud of is, uh, you know, using uh, uh, scaling uh, every single thing that we could in order to um, foster word of mouth in non-conventional ways. Like uh, we built this uh, uh, small um, tool inside the app. Uh, it was, it still is machine learning based because I used to you know, learn machine learning back then. Um, that is trying to predict the probability that some users are gonna give you a positive rating inside the app. Uh, or not. So if you are a user and you just get in the app, there's a certain probability tied to a set of different features, like the amount of time you spent in the app, uh, your academic background, uh, your average grade, so your GPA, um, and a lot of different other stuff, whether you interacted with some features or not. And all these features basically contribute to this probability that you are going to rate the app positively or not. So if we only prompt the question, do you want to rate this app on the store? Yes or no. Only to those users that, you know, um, was probability of rating the app positively is over a certain threshold. And uh, this is, you know, a very neat trick in order not to, you know, engage with users that are, you know, kind of meh with your app. So you don't really want to, you know, uh, scare them uh, anymore. Uh, but you can still leverage on your happy customers in order to have a lot of positive reviews that actually contribute a lot to all your app store optimization, you know, activities. So ratings are extremely important, more than I actually thought, 
so for this reason, we invested some time and some effort you know, to develop this feature. And I'm super happy about that. Also because you can have some you know, very nice insights out of it. So which are the features that are you know, most predicting uh, the, the probability? And we discovered that, for instance, users that are um, older in terms of uh, academic, uh, their academic uh, activities, so they passed more classes, for instance, they are more likely to rate the app positively. So we we then put take uh, we took that insight and put that into our um, performance marketing activities. So we started targeting on Facebook only uh, users that matched you know uh, this kind of of features, and this proved very you know effective. I love that man. That's a good one. I really love that one because that was my next. That was my question. It's like. Hey, how, you know, like, tell me, cause I'm not smart as the machine. Like, tell me how, <laughs> how you knew that they were, they were going to be good users and they were going to actually give you good reviews. Uh, we, uh, so since we developed this machine learning model, it's all internal in he house. So we basically, um, started training the model and then the model basically as every machine learning model learned from itself. And then if you know how to do it, you can analyze the model and understand which features are more important. Uh, so we just took that analysis and uh, applied that uh, to our performance marketing activities. So a very different bucket in terms of operations, but still a very you know uh, effective strategy in the end because our result rate and our cost per install and uh, every single other metric, you know, improved accordingly. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And it's still, it's, it's, you know, <laughs> a hustler approach, you know, because we just take different stuff that we learn uh, for whatever reason. And we try to apply them in the way that we think, you know, fits the most because we didn't actually think that machine learning could be a good option in terms of uh, user acquisition and performance marketing. But given a set of reason in the end, it, it proved very effective. Is there any one of your, any other tactics that come to mind that are memorable um, for you? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, well, uh, you know, very high level, it's giving the app a human face. Uh, tactically speaking, uh, what does it mean? It means that uh, when you are opening the app, uh, the app is greeting you with your name, like, hi, Steve. Uh, and after this, like, title in the UI, there's uh, a small, you know, subtitle with the motivational, uh, motivational sentence, like, keep it up, or I believe in you. Mm. And this is, this is, you know, super... <laughs> Kind of, you know, it's not this big thing in the end. It's very naive if you want. And it was, uh, it came out because we needed to put something in there. And we were like, okay, let's just put, you know, a motivational quote or something. And in the end, it proved to be extremely successful, in particular with girls. Uh, we, we observed this because they take screenshot of like, uh, you know, uh, the app saying hello to them and uh, motivating them. They take the screenshot and uh, put it on uh, an Instagram story, tagging the app. 
So it proved to be extremely, you know, uh, effective in terms of uh, growing on uh, social media and uh, totally without our, you know, intervention. Just because the app was saying you hi, was treating you as a human and was saying you, you can, you can make it, you know. And th- that was extremely successful, more than we actually believed. I love that, man. How did you get the person's name? How did we, how did you know it was me? Uh, this is a good point. Still uh, with the, the integration with the university systems. So along among the data we can get, uh, there are the grades, the background, and all this kind of stuff, and the name. And this is you know super powerful in the end, extremely powerful. I see. So I have to first give you my like let's say my email address, my university login, and then you can obviously pull my name. Exactly. That's 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 the thing. John Luca, this was awesome, man. Anything else I missed that I did not ask that you want to cover? No, uh, that was a very interesting, you know, interview. Congrats for the questions. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Well put. <laughs> well, before we hit the big finish, I do want to thank my last sponsor, fanbytes.com. Look, they've been sponsoring the show forever, and they are the platform, especially if you want to reach the young folks, the millennials, the, the people on Snapchat. They're expanding to Instagram soon, but if you want to reach the millennials on Snapchat and work with Snapchat influencers to drive downloads. Well, go check them out. They are the platform that I sent. The, the whole relationship happened because I sent one of my customers there. They're like, hey, do you know anybody that does Snapchat? Well, I was like, oh, I've interviewed these guys. Go check them out. And they ended up spending a lot of money on there, seeing some tremendous results. And I was like, wow. And so they came back and was like, thanks for that referral. Are there more things that we can do together? And so they are the platform that has these influencers on Snapchat and they have the secret sandwich platform ad unit where they have the influencer talk about the app. They show the ad that they create for you. And then they have that swipe up feature within Snapchat. So they are killing it, just driving for all types of apps, awareness, and obviously low cost downloads. So if you're ready to get started, go check them out. Fanbytes.com. All right. Luca, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. Give us one app that we definitely have to check out. <laughs> um, for me, the most important and most amazing app I always use is Telegram messaging app, which is so killing it. Yeah, they are, man. They are. And I have never used it. <laughs> like, no, what? that's a pity, man. I know that in the US, it's not so you know popular, but for me, you know, the ability to... Uh, create custom bots and uh, you know to have everything synced uh, it's it's just so much useful you know what's a lesson that took you the longest to learn that i need people in order to achieve something that uh, you know i want to achieve i'm not alone in this world and if the audience wants to learn more about you say thank you for coming on the website that i will mention is uniware uni W H E R E. So where are you? University. So uniware.com. But John Call Luca, if the audience wants to follow up with you and say thank you for coming on, where else do you want to send them? Uh, my LinkedIn account would be awesome. Gianluca Segato on LinkedIn. Just reach out if you want to, you know, just learn about more about that or if you want to ask some kind of questions or something, just reach out. I'm super happy. That I love the way you said it. John Lucas Sagato. So that his name 
and his LinkedIn will be linked up in the show notes. So just click on that. You will be able to go to his LinkedIn account. If you can't do that, please let me know because I'm trying to make it very useful for the guests to like be for the audience to connect with the guests as well. So if you got anything out of this, find a way to thank the guests like I'm about to do now. Shanluka, thank you so much for coming on. And thank, you. thank you. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you at the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.